The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian tax and financial professionals. Program recorded May 27th, 2021. Enjoy. Welcome to the June edition of Life in the Tax Lane. Joe Hugh, did you see that recent report in respect of millennials and their estate plans? What they're thinking about when they eventually pass away? Yeah, that's right. So those age 25 to 40, Caitlin, I found that there was a ton of interesting little facts in there that you can work into your estate planning conversations. One thing that I found of particular interest is uh, organ donation. Uh, 26% of individuals, because I was always curious about this, are, are planning to donate their organs to chair to to help other people. <laughs> help other people out. Science, so, Joe? To science, or no, to help people out. So anyways, 26%. I found that a fascinating fact. Huh. Yeah, interesting. Well, at least you figured out where the organs are going eventually, Joe. Uh, it doesn't matter, you're dead. Uh, you know, a lot of commentary in there about what happens to the body after I'm gone. Uh, we're almost up to 50% of millennials saying cremation. Uh, which is a huge shift when you think about how big burial is over the centuries. Only a quarter say, bury me. 14% uh, say, let someone else figure that out. They'll leave it to their trustee to decide later. Uh, I guess I'd probably put, yeah, my wife can figure that out. 9%, uh, I assume not the same ones that are donating their organs for transplants, say, leave my body to science. And then we got 4% in the other category. So I don't know if that includes taxidermy, you know, just Put me up with the points of articulation and bring me out for the holidays. That seems like no, a good idea. No, My wife we'll you out your butt just like, like the back lane. There you go. I can keep appearing post-mortem. I like it. <laughs> I, I got to say, the one thing I found really interesting, when I'm thinking about wills and estates, I'm thinking about my kids. What do you do with them if you pass away? Um, but this report actually went a little bit further. It found that 78% of pet owners, I guess you could call them parents, um, appointed a guardian for their pet. So, you know, a, a pretty big portion of people doing that as well, hey? Yeah. Well, anyways, Caitlin, let's uh, just jump on to some, some other items here. Well, fairly similar, actually. Um, when you're thinking about uh, estate planning, uh, make sure you review those uh, beneficiary designations on things like your RSP, review your will. And we've seen a number of cases recently where things have gone off the rail. There was actually an article uh, where an individual who was 50 years old passed away unexpectedly, leaving a spouse and a child. Very sad situation. And uh, the problem, one of the problems here was he had an RSP that he had set up before he even met the spouse. And, uh, you know, he didn't have anybody else to designate as a beneficiary. So his mom got that spot. Well, when he passed away at 50, he hadn't changed it yet. So the almost $700,000 RSP went to mom. However, the tax that had to be paid on that came through the estate. And who were the beneficiaries of the state? Mom and kids. So essentially, mom and kid had to pay the tax on these amounts that went to grandma. So obviously, financial problems, implications, but also family issues in trying to discuss these types of things. So we want to watch out for, uh, for, for those issues. I got to tell you about another area that we get a lot of discussion in the tax and accounting community, and it relates to uh, intergenerational transfers of corporations. So under the current rules, I take my shares of my corporation and I want to sell it to my kid's corporation. In that case, I'm dealing with a dividend on the gain on that disposition. If, however, I say, kid, 
you suck. You're stinky. I don't want to sell it to you. Um, I'm going to sell it to, you know, the guy down the street, an arm's length individual that has a corporation. I'm going to sell it to that corporation. In that case, under the current rules under the Income Tax Act, I'd be dealing with a capital gain cheaper than a dividend, potentially eligible for the lifetime capital gain exemption. A lot of practitioners thought, well, this just isn't fair. Unfortunately, that's how the rules work. Well, it may be changing. This month, we have uh, a private member's bill that's actually working its way through the government that would look to address this issue such that in my situation, when I'm selling the corporate shares to a corporation owned by a family member, we may still potentially get capital gains treatment. So this hasn't received royal assent. It's not law, but it is very interesting uh, that it is being considered by, uh, by those in government. Hugh or Joe. A little early to do a lot of work on all the technical yeah. details because it, especially as a private member's bill, may very well see some significant change. But at least, uh, Kate, you've got time to figure that out because your kids have to be over 18 <laughs> for this to work. So they could take time. A decade and a bit left to worry <laughs> about this. Uh, what else is coming down the pipe? Well, we're not quite as far along on the budget announcement for mandatory disclosure changes. We're still waiting for that consultation, but. Uh, some of us may want to weigh in when we see how significant this could get. Uh, mandatory disclosure rules, well, reportable transaction rules, getting expanded. You're going into a transaction, one of the main purposes of which is a tax benefit. That's a big change from the current status quo where it's the only reason for it. And it's got to have at least one, used to be two, hallmarks of what they perceive as aggressive tax planning. but. It's the administrative side that scared me. You're going to have 45 days after signing the deal or implementing the transaction, whichever happens first, to get this disclosure form in. That's not a lot of time, especially if your client doesn't tell you, the accountant, about it quickly. Uh, how many clients come in at the end of the year and say, look what I did. Wasn't that clever? Oh, more than 45 days ago. Uh-oh. What's the penalty for not filing that? 25% of the benefit, minimum 25,000 bucks for the taxpayer. Tack on some penalties for the promoters and advisors as well, and extensions in the time CRA has to reassess your uh, transactions. This is getting pretty scary. And that's not the end of it. We also have a concept of notifiable transactions coming in. They're going to describe the type of transaction that they feel is aggressive or is just of interest and everyone gets to disclose those as well. Uh, I've heard a little concern about the disclosure of uncertain tax positions by corporations as well, but that's only gonna be for international financial reporting standards entities, and that's generally public companies, not private business. So that one may not be as big a deal. Uh, it's certainly the way the wind is blowing internationally. Lots of other countries have similar rules, but I'll be watching for that consultation and draft legislation. Yeah, you got to think here, uh, CRA is going to be able to much e more easily uh, identify anything that's even slightly aggressive. So they're going to be able to follow up on it much more quickly. So, you know, that's uh, that's definitely something to take note of. I got to think, Joe, CRA is going to be looking close, too, because they need a good signal to noise ratio so they don't get buried in useless disclosure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Okay. 
Well, let us continue on a little bit further here. Uh, let's talk about medical expenses. First of all, uh, COVID, let's say that you have a family member who is immunocompromised or somebody in your household ha has gotten COVID and you're thinking, well, let's move some of our members out of the household. We'll, we'll rent another condo. Is that rental cost an eligible medical expense? The answer is no, it's not. Well, what about situations where you've got to buy the latex gloves, the masks, and the hand sanitizer for use at work? Can you deduct those against employment income? The answer is uh, yes, if your employer requires you to, to buy those things and you have a Form 2200. So some possibilities there. Caitlin, yeah. you? You know what? I've got to talk about another issue we're seeing coming up. We've talked about the wage subsidy in the past. This month, we have a few more comments from CRA on that. And we know we can claim the wage subsidy in respect of eligible remuneration for a particular period. So what is eligible remuneration? This technical deals with an amount paid to an employee shareholder. We cut a check to that employee shareholder. Probably, uh, it, yes, it could qualify as eligible remuneration. What if rather than cutting a check, we simply credit their due to shareholder account? Could that be eligible remuneration? And in this technical interpretation, CRA is saying no, that would not be considered eligible remuneration. Likewise, if as the employee shareholder, you get an amount and you recontribute it, you reloan it to the employer, that would not be considered eligible remuneration. Huh? Why? If you dig into the detailed legislation, uh, we have rules that basically say if an amount is returned to the employer, that is not considered eligible remuneration. It's a very broad um, definition. It's a very broad concept. So it's definitely something that if you're in this world, uh, you're definitely going to want to dig into the details coming straight from the CRA. Kid, I'd say CRA is probably taking the extreme interpretation, but it can be supported under the legislation. Uh, it's a little scary because a large proportion of owner managers do just credit the salary to their shareholder loan, draw money out as they need it as a debit. That would mean none of their wages qualified. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, just one final point. Starting on July 1st, we're going to have changes to the GST HST regime in respect of accommodations, uh, short term accommodation rentals, um, also goods sold via platform. So, a lot of developments there. Keep your eyes open. The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian professionals with practical tax information for over 30 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and online seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more details, visit www.videotax.com. The preceding information is for general informational purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive, and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts and circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more details, see videotax.com disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News, Inc. 2021. All rights reserved.